no one's sort of come out and played a role that Jared has. I think there's a level of excitement around his position and what he's been able to do that no one in Australia has been able to capture before. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Thanks for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Fantasy sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, Dynasty Sports Empire has you covered. Visit them online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. Join a startup league today. How's it going, Nick? Oh, my goodness. The start of the season is literally happening. It's rapidly <laughs> approaching. I'm so very excited about this. A lot to get to today, obviously. Uh, you know, captain's name, practice squad guys signed. Who's going to be active this week? You know, we're going to talk some Jared Hayne, which is a big thing going on. That's right. That's right. Michael Chamis, he's the rugby league reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald, and he's actually in San Francisco this week covering the game. It's a huge event over there. It They're going to break all kinds of... American football records on TV over there, which I guess isn't too much of a surprise. We're breaking records here on the show with our Australian listeners, which is crazy. The number one city yeah. that listened to our podcast in the past week was Brisbane, Australia. Number two. And number two was Sydney. I love it. You know, Australia is going to broadcast 14 of the 16 Niner games this year, too, at least. I mean, you know, if Hayne becomes an even bigger sensation than he is right now, I don't see why they wouldn't pick up all 16. Oh, right. I hope so. So basically, that's a whole new fan base, right? right? Yeah, that's, that's that's amazing. And what he's doing is amazing as well. We'll, we'll definitely get into all that you know, when we talk to Michael in, in just a little bit. So I wonder if the 49ers will get territorial rights to Australia, <laughs> kind of like that. The, uh, San, the Giants have I San like Jose that. and the A's are trying to move down there and there's yeah. that whole thing. So anyone that comes over from the NRL will need to check in with the Niners right. first. Yeah. yeah, I like it. It's and I think idea. maybe Michael Chamis might have brought some of that outback weather to the Bay Area. Oh, my goodness. It is insanely right? hot it's here so right hot. now. I like, I, you're in flip-flops right now. It's I like don't 930 ever wear flip-flops at night. unless I'm walking to or from the pool. <laughs> and I don't do that either in San Francisco. So that's... Some odd business there. Also some headlines to get to just around the NFC West, Let's too. I mean, big one coming out of St. Louis camp. Todd Gurley cleared for contact. So that's some great news there. You, they were talking about maybe, you know, he wouldn't be cleared before the, the regular season started and that his first hits would come in game action. But it seems like he, he's going to get hit around a little bit by his teammates first. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's st- he's inching closer. Yeah. You uh, may see him week one. I mean, maybe not. They may they may keep him out one more week. You may just see him a couple snaps. I saw somewhere week four is yeah. more accurate. Which I, would be smart. It would be silly to rush him out there. When you think about it, do you want a guy who's had such a major injury tiptoeing into games? Right. Or do you want to be like, okay, we can use him as much as we want if we want to, and then go. And then maybe then get him going. Because it's weird. If, if he's not ready for full a full load, then how is he ready for a small load? You yeah, know, it's kind of just an. Odd I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, you're opening up your season. You're, you're taking on Seattle. Trey Mason's banged up; he might not play. I mean, you're looking at right. Benny Cunningham, you know, being the starting running back there. And then that's where, but that's also where you need to pump the brakes. Yeah, maybe when like you're okay, forced we're, we're to play. Guy, lose yeah. this game anyways <laughs> against the Seattle Seahawks, and yeah. a guy's injured. And like, oh, we need him to play. That's when bad things happen. But that's so another big news coming smart. out of coming out of Seahawks. I mean, Cam Chancellor still holding out. Yeah. Pete Carroll saying he's not here. He's not playing this week. It sounds like it's starting to get a little bit of animosity there. And apparently, uh, Cam Chancellor said that they're only about a million dollars apart. Oh, come and on! That, and he's willing to meet him halfway, and the Seahawks aren't. Oh, as a Niner fan, I love it. Like, oh, it's Great. Keep, keep holding out, please. Hey, and a shadow 49er. Yeah? You know how to do the shadow 49ers? Uh Dion Bailey, who's going to be filling in uh-huh. from USC. Uh, he's going to be filling in. He's going to be the starter while Cam Chancellor's out. He's a shadow 49er. I love Over it. Over at LeadingTheLeague.com, I do a little shadow uh-huh. draft with the 49ers every year, and uh, he was one of the guys I drafted well, there you in go. 2013. So is he good? I mean, is there something you worry about? Or, you know, Cam Chan- is he Cam Chancellor level? Uh, he is. Uh, he's very much the type that uh, he even played a little bit of linebacker at USC. Ooh, so he's, so he's, he's that kind hit. of a okay. guy. Yeah, definitely right. in the box style safety. Um, he's he, he stood out to me. I really liked him in college. So I was, And he actually went undrafted. And Pete Carroll style, you know, he likes to pick up those Pac-12 guys and USC guys as undrafted free agents. And he's hit on a lot of them. He really has. Should we talk about the depth chart? Yeah, so the Niners released their unofficial depth chart. They used the term or a lot in there. I wish I, I really loved. I really love what they're doing over there. Like, it was funny because it's only the things we had questions yeah, about. of course. And, so and you know what? It's why, almost like why Tom Sula is trolling us. If you don't point. have to, right? I mean, why well, give your, your, your opponent an advantage? And I like that. And yeah. whenever they were asking a point, Blake, he's just like, well, he kind of sidestepped it, yeah. which is good. I mean, good. I, you know, and... 
I'm Bill Belichick more does more. that with yeah, injuries. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to give people information. You shouldn't have to give I the know. enemy any more inf- information than you have to. I agree. So I, being I in have the media, no problem with it. It hurts a little bit sometimes because you want to be able to talk about yeah. this or that. But as right. a fan, I love it. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I don't care who's starting at cornerback. You know, I know you know. I don't care who's going to be the punt returner or the honest, kick returner. It's a little bit fun to yeah. just still be able to guess and not know exactly what's going to go on. Opening, yeah, I mean, uh, oh my goodness. Obviously, cornerback, Acker, or Reeser, you know, wide receiver, they've even got it there as the number three, you know, Patton or Ellington. Yeah, and if you want to read into it, they do have somebody listed first. Right, one on guy, all of them. Or the on all guy. of them. So, yeah. if you want to say, But well, that maybe. could be a little ploy, too, you That's know? True. That's true. Actually, if you wanted to read too much into it and look at one big thing on here, the running backs. There's four guys listed. Who's three? And Jared Hain is That's listed. Right. There's no or there. Those He's listed or. ahead of Mike Davis, which makes me think... Maybe not suiting up this right. week for so, Mike Davis. And that's, I do, that's the position that all four guys aren't going to be suiting up, I don't right. think. Right, because that's a big thing. I mean, you talk about these 53-man guys have made the roster, and as most of our listeners probably know, seven of them are not going to be able to dress. 46 yes. men on game days only. So seven guys are going to be left off of the roster. And, you know, you've you've heard some, some talking like, oh, maybe Hayne won't be because they've got Bush that can return kicks and Ellington and White and all of this. But, I mean, if he's listed third on the depth chart, you got to think that Mike Davis probably not going to be playing a whole bunch of special teams, right? And and he hasn't been so. Right. If Haynes got the special teams value, there, there you and go. And you can mix you him can, in a little bit on offense. You can take Davis out, and you can take White out there because then you can have Bush or Hain as your kick returner, not Bush yeah. or Hain slash White. Right. And you got Ellington Ellington too because I'm sure they'll keep at least four exactly. wide receivers active, so that would mean White. If I had to guess, I would say White and Davis are the ones that don't suit up. I would say, too. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Also, I, I mean, if we're talking about this right now, we can keep Although, going. Although, at wide receiver, uh-huh. the way they have it, they have two wide receiver positions, right? Because you have the Z and the X. Right. Behind uh, Bolden is where they have that or for Patton or Ellington. And Ellington. So that means if Torrey Smith gets hurt, his backup apparently is D'Andrew White, so maybe he has to be active. Interesting. So, I don't know. That would yeah, be his yeah. angle. There you go. Maybe we we'll don't see, see Quentin Patton out there, you know, because right. Ellington's got that uh, that ability to return kicks. But Patton's good on coverage, though. I know, I know, I know. It's going to be <laughs> – this is really fun. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm guessing a couple of linemen aren't going to be out there. Right, You right. know, maybe Easton because he's the new guy, maybe doesn't know the playbook all that much. He's, I would – yeah. He's a guy I'm guessing. That. Maybe Brandon Thomas as well. The only thing is who's the backup center. And that's it. I guess David could do it. You got you know, obviously what if something happens to him? Yeah, right. it's it's really tough. I mean Silverman might be another guy that gets left off the roster. There's a lot of options there. You know, you're talking defensive tackle too, you got a real big log jam there. You know, maybe it's Purcell, maybe it's Gerard Eddy. Um and then you got a bunch of safeties as well. So you know maybe Jaquiski Tart you know, maybe you give him a start because he's a rookie and, you know, it's his first game and he's pumped up. But then you also have four tight ends. I mean, there's so many options There's here. a ton of options. And we're talking about the very end of the roster. All four inside linebackers, Navarro Bowman, They're Shane all going to be there. Michael Will Hoyt, yeah. and Nick Ballor because Ballor is the special teams guy. They'll all be yeah. active for sure. So that's not – no guessing game there. And, and I've heard that Blake Bell has actually taken some snaps at fullback too. I mean, obviously you need a backup fullback if anything yeah. happens hey, there. The, so. the first thing I thought when they drafted him was – two-point conversions. Yeah, because he's a converted makes, quarterback. Yeah, so it makes sense. He could take a snap. Mm-hmm. He could throw the ball if you wanted him to in, right. in that sort of a play. Um, obviously, they called him the belldozer in college for a reason. So, you know, short you could yardage also, guy. You know, there could be some injuries that, that play into this as well. Vance McDonald's still dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury, so he could wind up on that list as well. It's just a lot to keep an eye on. All very exciting stuff. One of the big surprises for me, uh, obviously, when the cuts came around, was Nick Moody. You know, because you you were a Scove guy, I was a Moody guy, and you know it was it was interesting to see him get get cut, and then to not land immediately on a practice squad. Odd, and yeah. for him to go to starting the first preseason yeah. game to not even making the roster, like you mentioned, he didn't have that green dot on his helmet. No, he didn't. No, and that's and then Scove did, and and you know Scove Scove was kept around, but Moody has met with the Giants, and apparently he's meeting with the Seahawks as well. So yeah, you know, I did it, see that, and it's not very surprising to see him. Of meeting course with the Seahawks. not. That, that would make the most sense just from everyone's perspective. And of course, that was Nick Belor versus Nick Moody right there. And Belor just yeah had had the special teams yep. edge, and and you know when it comes to wrapping up, you know forty six men that you're going to need. And I don't know the inner workings of the 49ers, but usually the special teams coordinator right. gets to pick a guy or yeah. two that they want, and I'm sure that's what Yeah, like you now. got these two guys. Okay, he's better on special teams. Right. Okay, we'll keep him. So uh, we mentioned the practice squad signings. So uh, first nine players I'm going to list off here were part of the 49ers. So you got Dylan Thompson. That was no surprise real there. No. 
uh, quarterback. He looked good starting that fourth uh, preseason game, obviously against a bunch of backups, but good right. to see. Yeah. For, for progression you know, over the preseason for sure. Though. Uh, most uh, he looked horrible the first time he came into a game. Uh, Kendall Gaskins, another guy, young running back, uh, he looked good as well. Uh, DeAndre Campbell, Andrew Tiller, Caleb Ramsey, Garrison Smith, Marcus Rush, Marcus Cromarty. I was I was glad to see him uh, get picked up on the practice squad and clear waivers. I was a little bit surprised there. And then Jermaine Whitehead. So no real big surprises there. Nice to see a lot of them come back. I really like Ramsey too. I would say the only surprise was Lawrence Okoye not getting a call back. Yeah, and actually, but he signed with the Cardinals. Yeah, he jumped ship, and yeah. we're going to talk a lot more about the Cardinals in a little bit. Um, but while we're talking about who may or may not be suiting up, and uh, if Jared Hain mm-hmm. is one of those guys, I want to bring on our guest today. It is my pleasure to welcome Michael Chamis to the show, rugby league reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald. And now apparently you can add San Francisco 49ers beat writer to his right. title. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on Gold Faithful today. No problem, mate. No problem at all. Jared Hayne is obviously an, a sensation now with the San Francisco 49ers, former rugby league player in Australia. Um, everybody that's listening to the show already knows that. And there's actually... Our numbers are insane with with new Australian listeners, so this has become a huge event over there as well. Yeah, it's massive news back home. It's it's on the front and back pages of newspapers all around the country. It's leading news bulletins. It's yeah, it's it's pretty uh, pretty incredible the, the amount of attention this story is getting, and it's sort of well deserved because when you look at what he's done and what he's been able to do in just four or five months here at the Forty ers it's um, yeah, it's quite an achievement. Oh, absolutely. And I said you can add San Francisco 49ers beat writer to your title because uh, you're actually here in the States covering this for the Sydney Morning Herald. Are you covering it for any other outlets as well or just for the paper back home? Yeah, just for the paper back home. Um, but I've been here for now for three weeks. I came also here in April to speak with Jared when he first arrived. Um, I've noticed that it's not just it's not just in Australia that this is, this is gathering momentum. I'm, a lot of people here in San Francisco are well aware of this story now and what he's capable of and spent some time in Denver as well during their, their scrimmages over there and a lot of people also aware of, of, of what he's been doing so it's it's positive news for Jared and for Australia I guess it's good for the NFL in Australia I spoke to the NFL the other day and they said the uh, subscribers for Game Pass is up 43% on this time last year so wow. definitely a lot of interest in it. Yeah, you know, great article the other day um, about Hay making the 53-man roster, the path he took from the NRL to the NFL. Do you, do you see any other players in the NRL that would be able to make this kind of transition, or is, or is Hayne just that special of a talent that you know, he, like you said, just four or five months of, of training here and then making an NFL squad? Yeah, I think I think Jared is a freak in his own right. And look, don't get me wrong, I think there'd be a handful of players, maybe only a handful, that might be that might be able to make the transition. But you got to remember, Jared was Jared left the game as, as our MVP. He left rugby league as just won the. Uh, the, the award last year for most valuable player and he left gave it all up to, to come and chase his dream so it's, it takes a lot more than just skill to sort of make it I think the desire and the commitment he showed um, it went a long way to making sure that he made that 53 man roster I'm not sure that if there is anyone else with his athletic ability have that same level of commitment that would need to be to re, I guess that required to make this team so I think athletically in Australia there are athletes who could do it, but I don't think they have the same level of commitment that Jared did. Yeah, you know, I took a look at uh, your the page there on Sydney Morning Herald, and you could uh, you could search for people and stories, and I was on yours, and Haynes the second most uh, written about person there. So, y- you know, I-, I get it. He was huge in the NRL. You mentioned it. He left as the MVP. Do you, do you think that the transition has kind of taken him to a whole new level in the public's eye, you know, like a sort of trailblazer? Oh, definitely. I think... With rugby league, it's it's very Sydney dominated. It's it's, it's Sydney sport, um, Sydney and, and Queensland as well. It's mainly the east coast of Australia. Whereas he's now become national news. I think the the uh, Victorians, Melbourne, have their own sport there. It's called AFL, and they've 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 embraced him as their own now as well. Um, a lot of AFL players have come to the the NFL and been punters, have rocker, um, but no one's sort of come out and played a role that Jared has. I think. There's a level of excitement around his position and what he's been able to do that no one in Australia has been able to capture before. So he shows vision as a runner. He shows power as a runner, decisive movements. Uh, he's not really trying to shake and, and bait guys. One step moves, and then boom, he's headed towards the goal line. A great stiff arm, which uh, I understand is called a fend in rugby. Um, so uh, are the rest of those movements, are those common skills that make great rugby players as well? Yeah, I think he's, he's he's brought a lot of the fundamentals of rugby league and applied them to what he's done here in the NFL. I think 
that stiff arm you referred to the fend, it was one of his strengths back home. And it's, I guess it's something that's really important in rugby league, switching, switching the ball over to different hands, using that fend or that stiff arm. Um, but he stepped. And he, it, I spoke to someone today, um, I, spoke to, I spoke to Jerry Rice today, who said that he was, he's deceptively quick. He's not blazing quick. He's got that deception where you look at him and you don't think he's that quick, but suddenly he's past you. So... It's it's quite a compliment coming from from him to hear that uh, about Jared Hayne. Right, and Jerry Rice kind of had that stride too, where exactly. you weren't really sure how fast he was going, and all of a sudden, boom, he's by you, just graceful. So that is high praise coming from the goat, the greatest of all time. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, he, he said that I see a lot in in the way I played in Jared, which is one hell of a compliment coming from, from Jerry Rice. So um, yeah, it's, he said that there's also some similarities to the way um, the way they ran. He said that the confidence in him, he, he loves the confidence in him sort of to back himself. So, um, yeah, for, for him to make Jerry Rice stand up and take a ten, take notice of what he's done, that's one hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, you know, and it's not just Jerry Rice, too. I mean, there was a, an article, I think it came out yesterday, uh, from Roger Craig, basically saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I'm impressed with this guy. He looks good. He looks like he's got the skills. But at the same time, warning him, you know, like, hey, that was the preseason. This is going to be a whole different game here. Heading into the regular season, do you feel like Jared is ready for that mentally? I think so. I think a lot of America are looking at him as a rookie, and, and I obviously he is a rookie. But you got to remember, he's been playing professional sport for ten years, almost ten years now. Right. So the rigors of, of a season and what it takes to get through a season, the rugby league season is twenty six weeks long, plus another four weeks of semifinals, Whew. plus a, plus there's internationals and state of origin in between. So you play thirty to thirty five games a year if, for for a top top player. So he knows what it takes to sort of get, get his body ready, get himself prepared for that. I just, um, I, I think he understands what's ahead, but being ready for it. And uh, I guess when that challenge comes on Monday night, it's probably going to be a different story. Obviously, he's proven that he's a world-class athlete. And it, I, I really just, I think it's so amazing that he had the the guts to, to make a huge right? move like that when you're at the top of your sport and come over. So he, And it's also, you know, proven to Americans a little bit that, hey, you don't just have the best athletes in the world over here. There's right. some great athletes everywhere in the world. So, you know, a world-class athlete is a, is a world-class athlete no matter where you're playing. And maybe similarly to some other American athletes, he, in around 2008, I believe it was, and I'm not sure how long you've been covering rugby for the Sydney Morning Herald, but I, I believe it was in 2008 there was an incident that sort of changed his life a little bit where Hayne was nearly shot in a nightclub. And um, there's some American athletes that, that sounds- sort of live that rock star <laughs> lifestyle <laughs> and have had similar incidents. Were you around when that happened? Yeah, look, I, I wasn't at the Sydney Morning Herald at the time. I was covering rugby league. I actually covered the Parramatta Eels, which is his club, through the lower grades. So as he came through, I sort of covered that as well. Um, and at the time, yeah, he, he lived a different lifestyle. He was out in King's Cross in uh, the Red District of Sydney, and he was shot at. Um, he changed his life after that. He he was selected. He was actually... The World Cup was that year as well, and he was overlooked for the Australian team. So the eligibility, eligibility rules allowed him to play for Fiji, which is his father's native country. And when he went home to Fiji, that just changed his life. He, he found God. He found a new meaning to life. Uh, and he just changed the way he lived life. And you can see in the way he handles himself and, and the amount of times he mentions his faith and how much it's inspired him and how much it's kept him together through this journey. He's a different person than he was six, seven, eight years ago. Well, I think we might have found that on our podcast, we've noticed that there's a download every week in Fiji. So there we might have found out who that listener is in Fiji. <laughs> Maybe it's Jared Haynes' father. Hey, Michael, do you, do you feel that the expectations for Hayne in Australia are that he's going to come in and, and make an immediate impact? Just, you know, based on his history in the NRL, you know, they, they've seen what he can do there. Like you said, he's this world-class athlete or... Do you, do you think that, that the feeling maybe has mellowed a bit and the expectations have been a bit tempered, you know, based on what the coaching staff has said and, and even Hayne himself? I think, they've, I think they've grown significantly in the last four weeks. I think before, the, before he left, a lot of people had admiration for his courage to leave the game, but no one thought he would make it. Everyone assumed he'd be back in six months, 12 months playing rugby league again. You know, fulfilling his dream, having a crack at the NFL, right. trying his best. Yeah, everyone, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah, my hand's up. I was in that same boat. Like, oh, this is a good story, but... Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's, that's, that was the feeling until we saw what he did against Houston in that first preseason right. game. And then everyone started to believe. And those believers have just grown dramatically over the last four weeks. And now the general feeling is, hey, we've got a guy here who can, who can match it with the best of American, America's athletes. So I think the overwhelming feeling now back home is that 
Uh, we expect this guy to, to not only fit in, but stand out. Yeah, you know, I was I was working uh, Saturday Night Sports, and we were talking all about the cuts that were made. And, you know, basically, my headline story was, you know, the 49ers made news with who they didn't cut today, Jared <laughs> Hain, because, you know, he, it is the biggest story. Yeah, without doubt, without doubt. I think everyone was waiting, and I think we all sort of felt like the 49ers would be foolish to cut him, given what he'd done in the preseason. And I guess not only from a football point of view, but from a marketing point of view, he's done wonders for the sport in the, for the NFL in Australia. Um, and I was in New York last week, and I met with a couple of people from the NFL who said they've never seen anything like this on the international level for a player coming in and doing what he's done. It's it's unprecedented. So I think the 49ers see that a lot of value in, in him, both on and off the field, and uh, hopefully they get their value out of it. It's such a great story, and uh, for a lot of Americans that might not be that familiar with Australian culture, I, I've heard a lot of things being said that kind of made me cringe a little bit, because uh, as <laughs> far as here. I know, I, I've not been to Australia yet. I did spend my honeymoon in New Zealand, <laughs> which I know is your biggest rival, right? The New Zealand All Blacks rugby team is the big rival with Australia. Yeah, well, I'll clear that up for you. There's two different types of rugby. That's the common misconception. There's rugby league and rugby union. Now, the All Blacks, they are definitely our, our rival, and same in rugby league. In rugby union, the All Blacks, but in rugby league, Australia dominate um, in rugby league. Well, they have been up until the last couple of years, so... New Zealand are fast, uh, fast approaching, definitely. Oh, good. I'm glad you cleared that up because I had heard about the two different leagues. So, okay, now that I got that straight. I also <laughs> want to want to uh, clear up with you. Nobody in Australia drinks Foster's beer, right? Yeah, I saw that the other day. I, I was thinking Jared Hayne won't be drinking Foster's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my question. When Jared Hayne scores his first NFL touchdown, which hey might be the opening kickoff right. of the Monday Night Football game this week, what would an appropriate Australian drink be to celebrate with? Oh, look, it's probably a VB or a 4X. Not sure about uh, what Jared will probably be drinking. I think he'll be back in his room studying the playbook again. I, I think he's yeah, <laughs> drinking a lot Fiji of water. I've seen him post a lot of pictures with Fiji water. <laughs> Fiji water, okay. Some carver. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so none of that grassy Sauvignon Blanc or a Shiraz or something, maybe? <laughs> that definitely, I don't think that's up, up Jared's alley. Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Michael, really appreciate you taking the time to come talk with us today and get us a little bit of, more familiar with the man and a little bit about the goings-on in Australia. And, and welcome to the States. I hope you have a great time. I hope you're enjoying yourself in the Bay Area. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Go All Niners. Right. Go Hain. Go Niners. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Michael. Thanks. No worries. See you, guys. Michael Chamis. You can follow him at Michael Chamis on Twitter. Uh, go to smh.com.au for the Sydney Morning Herald newspaper. Some great articles there. I was blown away by how much coverage he was getting. It was a lot of fun to see it from a whole different perspective, you know, from just a different cultural perspective. It right. was really great. And he's a great writer, too. So, yeah, if you have a chance, definitely check out a lot of his stuff. Absolutely. Got me pumped for rugby because I want to scout the rugby league now, you know? I was a bartender for a little while, and we got we got the, one of the uh, the rugby channels, and we I watched so much. It was about 15 years ago, so obviously Hayne wasn't around back then, but yeah, I, I dig it. So here's another, So we, we talked a little bit about some stuff in Australia and some misnomers. I don't think anybody says put another shrimp on the barbie either. No, no, I didn't that's even want to ask the, him about nah. that. It's like you see it in the movie somewhere, and now it's just like ingrained in American yeah. culture that that's – Dumb and dumber, a really. Thing with that that too. Australians say, and uh, Outback Steakhouse. I, I do have. I, I'm going to help you out Blooming here. Blooming onions. Do is that a see, thing? Do you see these words right here? Yeah. Say that. Steakhios. Boom. That it? You just said steakhouse with an Australian <laughs> accent. S T I K E. Steak. Steakhouse. Space H E E. Y-O-S-S. Ah. Write that down and read it, and you'll say, Stikey House. You, you got it. Oh, that actually sounded really yeah. good. That's You can say Steakhouse. I'm really impressed with like that. Like the Outback Steakhouse guy, which they also don't eat. You know, the, uh, the Niners named some team captains, too. Uh, they went with the old uh, nine captains. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. The Raiders <laughs> announced theirs today. They had four. So, you know, I, I like it, though, because Tom Sula let the players vote for it. He, took, he, he got out. He's like, you know what? You guys do it. Vote, vote for your captains. They're not going to wear the C on the uniforms. Because, you know, Tom Sue is all about the team game. Right. He's a team guy. So offense, it's Staley, it's Bolden, it's Vernon Davis, and it's Colin Kaepernick. you got to like that. Uh, no running backs in there, which is which is all right. Uh, defense, you know, you got Bethay, you got Bowman, you got Reed. And then the surprise, Ian Williams. He's played in just 15 games over four years, but he was elected yeah, by his teammates. All reports were he was one of the most no-doubt starters That's great. on the team and through training camp. And yeah. it's... 
as a 49er fan, you haven't seen a lot of Ian Williams. You see flashes here and there. Justin and, Smith was a huge fan, which is, is right. enough for me. And from what I understand about Mangini's defense is the nose tackle is going to stay on the field a lot more than he used to. Right. So that'll be good to see. But what's funny is with, with Williams, I mentioned 15 games over four years. The other eight captains have played an average of 118 career games. So, okay. yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of work some to do there. But, there. but that's great sign. And there's still some veterans on the 49ers. They didn't lose yeah, all of well, their speak, veterans. You know, Phil Dawson, he's the special teams captain. So, yeah, this, it's uh, I love it. I love that there's so many captains. I love they're going to send nine guys out there for the coin toss in the beginning. And they're going to be wearing those alternate black uniforms on Monday night. Are you a fan of those units? I have no idea. I'm not going to judge it until I've seen it on a football field. Yeah, I'm not going to just, when they're posing and there's all the lights and everything, that's one thing. And I'm just like, ugh. I always lean toward the purest angle of on all of those kind of things. But I want to see it. I um, might fall in love. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? There's just, no gold in it. Which is weird. That is that's a, like that is a little that's bit the name weird. of our show. It's uh, well now I hate it. It's this, you know, well they'll have the gold helmets. They'll have the gold helmets. Yeah, the helmets will be the same. So that'll be fine. All right, know your enemy. Should we talk a little bit about these Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I'm, we like kind of have said, to. They mentioned they uh, they brought on Lawrence Okoye. That's all I care about. You got they're going to learn a whole lot about our defensive schemes there just from him alone in practice, right? Which is always a smart move. You know, if you can go out and get a guy from uh, from one of your division rivals. You know, pick his brain a little bit in those meetings. Yeah, so they can get the offensive angle from Mikey Potty, the defensive angle yeah. from Lawrence Okoye. I think it's going to be a good season for the Cardinals. I really do. I hate to say it as a 49er fan, but if Carson Palmer can stay healthy, that's, that's it. That's the I key. Mean, that's kind of the whole thing. Carson Palmer's health is, again, the biggest key to their entire season, and they still did really well without him last year. So yeah. if you have him for 16 games, it's going to be a tough division for the 49ers to crack the top of, um, get into the playoffs. September twenty seventh is game number one. Uh huh. I think and that's a big one too. That was uh that, that's the first division game for right. them, and that's in Arizona. Yeah. And then November 29th, which there could be major playoff implications at that point. That's in San Francisco. As a 49er fan, I hope there are playoff implications <laughs> for somebody. There will be implications. Oh, there you go. You can play spoiler. Even if you're if not, not yeah, yeah, you can always play spoiler. When we first started this podcast, I had almost zero hope. Of there being a, a playoff potential here, I was th- six and ten, six and ten, six and ten. But the more we do it and going through practices and then you know watching the four preseason, and yes, I'm I'm on the Hain plane, and I, you know I, I may be riding shotgun on that thing. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm really starting to like what's happening here. I really like what Tom Sula is doing. You know he is a players' coach. The players seem to love it. And until I'm I'm proven differently, I, I I'm going to go with I think we're going to have a good season. I don't see any sort of domination out there. But I, I'm, and, re- yeah, uh, I'm starting to buy in. There are some chinks in the Seahawks of armor. Of course there uh, are. Yeah. You know, the Cardinals aren't a perfect team by yeah, any stretch. The Rams, I, I, don't, I think we'll finish better than the Rams. I think that'll be a good yeah. Yeah, it'll be a good uh, measuring stick at least. And, and, and obviously, and we're talking about still one of the best divisions in football. Yeah. And there's still winnable games and beatable teams. And Most so definitely. much parity in the league. You almost can't go into any season with just knowing, saying, hey, this team is going to be this. Eight you eight don't ever know. can win a division. It has in the past, and it, it, it can has. again. So Seven and nine has won a division. Seven and nine has. You got the under 500 playoff I doubt team. that'll be the NFC West. Correct. But, hey, all, all hope is still around for me. So Arizona Cardinals, I think their biggest loss is probably their defensive coordinator, yeah. Todd Bowles, who yeah. left. He's now the head coach of the New York Jets. They were known for their tough defense. I mean, just like the Niners and just like the Rams and the Seahawks. The Seahawks and, yeah. right. and, and they were tough up front. They lost Dockett, but Dockett was out last year. And Dockett well. got cut by the Niners. Yeah. So, yeah, not a big loss there. And I've, have you seen anything about Dockett signing anyway or talking to nope. anybody? Nope, I haven't seen anything. I, I think it might be as much as anything as a health yeah. issue. He's not quite 100% ready to go, so he might be getting healthy first and then waiting Would for somebody who needs you know, yeah, an injury replacement. It. or exactly. Yeah, maybe then he's and back maybe with it's the, the Niners. Niners. Who yeah. knows? I mean, hopefully not. I love what the Niners are doing there on the defensive line, but you know, obviously he's got a nice rapport with the coaches, I'm sure, and no one likes getting cut, but at the same time you wouldn't have to learn a new scheme, you know? You just learned it. And... That's right, and, I, and I'm pretty sure there's some salary cap stuff where Contracts aren't guaranteed if you sign a one-year deal after a certain point, which I believe is this week. Right. That's, so that all sounds that right. Might be a little bit of it too. One guy I do want to talk about mm-hmm. with the Arizona Cardinals is John Brown. Okay. And I think he's one of those players that can. He's young and exciting. Uh, he can gouge the 49ers and uh, have a little trouble with speed occasionally. Their running back situation. You got Andre Ellington, who's banged up constantly. I wasn't a huge fan of David Johnson coming out of. Northern what Iowa. What about Chris Johnson? Draft. you got to love that. They signed Chris Johnson, so they have a, a little bit of a weird committee there. Right. Um, they, they, they're they kind of banged up on the offensive line. Obviously, Yapati's out for, what, eight weeks, is it? Brutal. 
there's some issues there up front for them. And obviously, if your offensive line is a little banged up, Carson Palmer is the Can't golden child healthy. back there. Yeah. Uh, that's a bad combination. So that, that season could go south really, really quick. On defense, I really do like Tyron Matthew, who's just a playmaker. Yeah, the honey badger. Got to like badger. him. Yeah. yeah, he's a total playmaker. Um, <laughs> Deion Buchanan's the beast. If, if anybody's the next camp chancellor, he's uh, the guy. Deion Buchanan is probably that guy. All right, yeah, all right. He even played a little nickel linebacker, kind of the same look that they're that they're using uh, Jaquaski right. Tart this year in the preseason. So. And, you know, they have a pretty tough schedule to start, too. I mean, yeah, it's the Saints, you know, not not the toughest, and they get to open up at home. But then they got to go cross-country to the Bears and then travel back home, and you take on the Niners and the Rams. A couple of back-to-back NFC, what, tough defenses, a lot of hard-hitting. So, yeah. This yeah, and we've talked about it many times with the 49ers having a tough schedule. Everybody in the NFC Everybody. West has a tough schedule yeah, as well. So for you sure. can't just say, oh, Boo-hoo, we have a tough schedule because everybody we everybody in our conference has one. So Right. I'm still division. bitter about that Seattle having four straight weeks at home in the middle of the season. But whatever, whatever. That, that just means they're on the road more yeah. at other times. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm not, not too worried about the, uh, the Cardinals. What I'm really worried about right now are the Vikings, and that's because week one is coming. I'd like to – should we do a little preview? Maybe talk a little bit about the let's – look, Let's look at the Vikings. Yeah, Monday night game, Vikings, they were 7-9 last year. They're returning 19 of 22 regular starters. So they've definitely got some consistency going there. Uh, Ten of them are defenders, nine players on offense. Also, the return of Adrian Peterson, which has yes. got to be the biggest return and just, just key factor to this game That's will be stopping – Adrian Peterson. Right. And 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 the play action passing that goes along with it. Right. Um, we're familiar with Norv Turner with his mm-hmm. one season as an offensive coordinator in San Francisco. The Mike Nolan era, the beginning of the Mike Nolan era. Play action passing over the top. You've got two guys with fourth three speed on the outside in Mike Wallace and Charles Johnson. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see a lot of pass rush from the 49ers in the preseason. I know Mangini's going to scheme more. And be more blitz heavy on D. So I've been a huge fan of Manjimi's schemes just going back to, you know, before he was with the Niners. So yeah, you know they didn't show a lot in the preseason. They called him Man Genius for a reason yeah, when he was of uh, course. Yeah, and his work got him a, a head coaching job with his work as defensive coordinator of the Pats. So um his tight end coaching I did not care for as much last season. <laughs> right. Not quite. <laughs> Might have been miscast area. in that role. But yeah. you got Mike Wallace on one side, Charles Johnson on the other. Both speedy guys, and then you still have Cordero Patterson, who's Jared big McKinnon, and strong, and yeah. mixing in uh, athletics heck, and that's you know, and then Adrian Peterson. So we haven't even mentioned Teddy Bridgewater, who you know is coming into his second season now. Right. Finished twenty fourteen very well from week thirteen to seventeen. He tied for first in completion percentage, second in passer rating, second in yards per attempt, third in touchdown percentage amongst all. NFL passers, and this is yeah. when teams were trying. You're not to talking make it versus rookies. No, this is everyone. Yes. He was a rookie, so you know you got to love his progression. If you're a Vikings fan, or, or if you're an Adrian Peterson fan, or if you're a fantasy football fan, or anything. I, like I am that. a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some body bias, which is you know common to the NFL. He's a skinny dude. He's not that tall, six two, and he did put on a couple pounds in the off season. And maybe he didn't have the best fastball. You kind of yeah. You, you see a lot of touch in a lot of his passes, and then you start to wonder, well, is he just floating it because he doesn't have an arm or is it just all touch and when he needs to dial it up he can and so i think you've started to see a little bit more of that and his arm is it might not be a rifle but it's but it's accurate it's enough NFL yeah. arm. and yeah he's shown the accuracy and you just saw as the as the season went on so and now the training wheels are off they he had two 300 yard passing games in the last four weeks um another 250 passing yard game in there 70 percent, 71 75 percent, 73 percent. he led everyone the last, the last five, five weeks yeah. yeah it was fantastic oh not to mention you know we keep mentioning all these weapons on offense they're returning 10 defenders that played regular time last year they went from 31st to 14th last season so i mean they're they're trending up on the defensive side for sure Yes, definitely a team training up, and uh, it's going to be a great barometer to see where the 49ers are at. It is. I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. I just cannot wait. 7-15, Monday night. Last game clocks. of the week. Yeah, everybody's going to be watching. I'm going to have my daughter, too. I'm actually, uh, I had tickets to the Giants game. Uh, baseball, and I'm sending my wife and her friends so that I can just sit at home with my daughter, have a little, uh, have a little uh, football session, That's te- a teacher smart thing move. or two. Yeah. I actually picked up a shift at work, so I don't get off till seven on the dot. Oh, I'm gonna need to get somewhere quick. Quick, yeah. yeah. Luckily, um, we're by some really good bars. We right are, so I might here. just stay in the neighborhood for a few hours before I go home. And careful that. too, yeah. There's a Giants game happening right next door, oh, so yeah, yeah you're gonna have to think about be, that. be careful. 
that's going to be a madhouse on it the is. streets. It is. It wow. Is. Good luck. Have fun. Hopefully a party in the streets yeah. at about 10 p.m., right? There we go. Um, Both letting out at the right time. So to me, it's it's simple. Key on D, stop the run. It starts yep. with Adrian Peterson. Of course. Um, because if that's working, then obviously that play action passing I was talking about, that's working too. Right. Playing off of it, and then you get into big time trouble. But if anything, the 49ers, I'm confident they'll be able to do on defense is stop the run first. That's, yeah. They're I mean, going to be no, Navarro strength. Bowman's back. You know, right. let's let's see uh, if they can sustain up, it for four quarters. They're still big up front. Um, mm-hmm. They can take on blocks. So. Yeah. And on offense, red zone, for the love of God, can we do something about the red zone offense? That's going to be a key all season. I think if we were to look at my notes for every game, if there's one key on offense, it's red zone. I think we're going to see a lot more Reggie Bush when it comes to the red zone. I think that he just adds a whole new dimension to it. You know, then if you imagine having Bush and Hyde in the backfield, you're on the 15 yard line. You send Bush out that. Who are they going to cover? You know, right. they're obviously you, going to send a guy at Reggie Bush that opens up the middle of the field. You know, you go wishbone three running backs. You put Hyde there back you there go. as well. There we go. Just um, pitch it to him. You throw Blake <laughs> Bell back there. You toss it to him. He passes down the field Dude, to Torrey Smith. Yeah, and obviously Cap's a big I think yeah. Cap might run a little bit more he than should. he did last he year. He really should. Yeah, I want to see more read option. I want to see more designed runs. I want to see him, you know, look at his first read, make his progressions, and if it's not there, run the ball. <laughs> so you don't, even want, you're, you don't care about the third, fourth, well, Make his progressions. Yeah, okay. no, no, make his progressions, you know. And after two, if he's feeling a little bit of pressure, then, you know, maybe don't go for that three and take the sack, you know. I, just, I want him to, to look more comfortable in the pocket, which didn't look that great last season. Right, and that touch, that improved touch. Hopefully the Kurt Warner uh, work will pay off. We're about to find out. Would love know? to see some touch. I would love to see defenses have to, to respect the deep ball yeah. and play a little bit deeper. So You know you're going to see it at least once or twice with Torrey Smith. Right. Cap to Torrey Smith is yeah. going to be a beautiful thing if that connects. I want to see it early. I want to see him open up the offense. That way they've got to defend for it the rest of the game. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm absolutely Let's with you it. on that. And red zone. Score. Score. Just get it in. Yeah. Get I don't want to see Phil Dawson. I don't care if you, <laughs> if you just run the ball all three times. Yeah. I don't want to see this crappy fade thing that they've been trying oh, for years and we saw uh, the preseason didn't quite work yet. throw that play out of the playbook yeah it doesn't work i'm with you their cap is not good at throwing maybe that's part of his improved touch he does not throw a good fade oh. and they don't have necessarily that big giant tall receiver that, that that kind of a play works well with i'd feel better about three runs that miss and you don't get the yards and you don't get in the end zone yeah and then kick a field goal rather than a couple of Once up the middle with Hyde, a pitch out to Hayne, and then a Colin Kaepernick keeper. I'd love that so much more than seeing the fade. Yeah, Cap only scored one touchdown last season. That's, That's not going to change. Again. That's, That's a huge happen. red zone weapon to have right. a quarterback that can run and move. You see it with Aaron Rodgers in the past, yeah. Andrew Luck. I mean, they don't run the ball a ton, but in the red zone, they're a huge weapon to score. Yeah, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's the difference between uh Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick last year. All other numbers were almost identical, but he scored what, 8 or eight. 9 touchdowns? Yeah. Eight, yeah. Yeah, I mean compared to the one. And he was the third-ranked quarterback or fourth-ranked quarterback as opposed to 12th or 13th, which was Cap. So I, I just I, I want to see the offense productive. We didn't see it a lot in the in the preseason obviously, the no touchdowns there for the the first team. Uh, I just I, I want to see it. I want to see Hyde. I want to see him in there on first and second down. I want to see Reggie Bush in the slot. I want to see him lined up in the backfield. I want to see him all over the field. I want to see the offensive line show a little bit of protection. Uh, that would be nice to see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I know it's asking a lot, and I think they will be able to run the ball. They looked yeah. okay going forward. They ran the ball well in the preseason with that first unit against first unit defenses. So that was promising. Mm-hmm. But obviously, yeah, pass protection. And we talk about this, you know, over and over. We can talk about what we want to see, what we want, you know, this and that. I just at this point, I just want to see football that counts, that matters. I want to see some 49er football. I want to see him run out there on Levi's, you know, on the field, and and just just get going. I want. I'm ready for football. I'm with you, man. Let's, let's do our NFC picks. You want it? We did our AFC last week. Let's go uh, to the big board. And yeah. then we each have our separate Super Bowl picks yep. as well, right? Yep. Mine's ready to go. Okay. Well, you're up. I'm up. All right. So uh, my number one overall seed in the NFC will be the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to go 13-3. and three. This is, wow. of course, assuming Sam Bradford can stay healthy. We talked about Carson Palmer's health issues. Bradford's is even more. Dude hasn't played a full season since 2012. But He looked sharp in the preseason. He did. That last he game did. especially. I know. I know. It's very exciting. I mean, if he stays healthy, I, I see no reason why they can't do that. Seahawks are my number two, 11-5. I love the Jimmy Graham edition. Uh, I am scared a bit by the Cam, Cam, uh, the Cam Chancellor holdout, but you know I think their defense is still rock solid. And Marshawn Lynch, yeah, he's a year older, but I don't see him slowing down mm-hmm. even a little bit. Plus, the Tyler Lockett, I really like that addition as well. Uh, so uh, Packers would be my number three. Uh, they're 11-5 and five as well. I just think the Seahawks will... 
will have a, a little bit better uh, NFC record, which will get them that, that first round bye. The loss of Jordy obviously hurts for the Packers, but I don't think it's enough to really get them out of, of winning the NFC North. And they've been magically able to prove that they can develop other receivers. Soon. Right, right. I mean, you know, Cobb's going to jump right in there. He's going to have no issues. Devontae Adams, I mean, yeah. yeah Devontae Adams is a really good They've player. They've got Ty Montgomery, too. Any all you Stanford fans know what, what he can do as a great kick returner, so you put him in the slot. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Packers didn't have three good Yeah, and they brought back James Jones, too. James Jones came back. Yeah, who scored, what, 12 touchdowns two years ago for them? Yeah, then he goes elsewhere and does nothing. Does nothing, yeah. And he's going to come back to the system he knows. And And Matt Flynn, it looks great as a backup. Goes elsewhere, does nothing. It's a great system to be in. doing something right over there. I think that the Saints are going to win that NFC South, although I have Mm -hmm. zero confidence in that pick. Because who knows? That's a coin toss in that one. Right. Uh, Giants will be my first wild card team. I love the addition of Shane Vereen. The defense obviously scares me, um, but I, I really, I really like Eli Manning and all the weapons he has. Especially if Victor Cruz can get healthy. He's not yet, still isn't practicing, but I mean, OBJ is legit. I really like Donnell as well in the red zone there in tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jennings can stay healthy, then, you know, they're looking really solid. And then my other wild card will be the Detroit Lions. You know, they lost Sue, but they replaced him with Nada. He was a top D last year, or at least a, you know, a top five defense. I don't think they're going to miss a whole lot there. Um, and I really like Amir Abdullah as a great change of pace back for, yeah, for Jordan Bell. Guy. Yeah, if you can have Calvin Johnson healthy. Um, yeah, I, I really I liked the zip on Stafford's ball in the preseason. He looks sharp. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, I like them a, a whole lot. Uh, Packers over the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Okay. And do you want me to save my Super Bowl pick or do it right now? Save it. Okay. But like you said, man, the South is bad. It's horrible. Um, my, so my sixth team is actually coming from the South, and I also have the Saints. I, the, uh-huh. I like the Falcons. I don't like the Panthers at all. Uh, a lot of people are picking them to be at least challenging for it. Um, nah, I, don't I, see I like it. the Falcons over the defense is all they've got there in Carolina. And and you know the Bucks might not be the worst team in football as they were last year, but they're they're not ready yet. No. Uh, you got a rookie quarterback, and uh, they could have something there, but. It's it's not quite time, but the Saints, yeah. So I got the Saints. I think they'll not have a great record. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they were seven and nine last year, so you know nine and seven is probably all it's going to take to win that division. Um, okay, so they'd be more like the four seed then. Well, yeah, they'd be the four seed, okay. but, but the worst record gotcha. of the playoff gotcha. teams gotcha. getting in. Okay, yes. For I'm just going by records record. here, but yeah, okay. yeah, you're exactly right. And then uh, the next team is the Eagles. All right, I, I like the Eagles. So they'll be coming in as a wild card then. Yes, wild card. Uh-huh. Um, I don't love the Eagles. I want to see, and I love Chips Chip Kelly's scheme, and I love yeah. the way he kind of just sticks it to, you know, the old boys club and the way that things are always done. He doesn't do sure. it because it's been done that way. He does it because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Of course, and I love that about it. And it's great for fantasy football, <laughs> no uh, doubt. But I want to see the record. I, you know, you've got to see the results. Yeah, so. you got a couple of running backs that can't seem to stay healthy there as well. Uh, so not it's not just Bradford staying healthy, but can Murray stay healthy? Right. Can Matthew and maybe stay healthy? If you get a half a season from each guy, then you're set still. Boom, yeah. So that's probably, probably why thing. they did that. Yeah. And uh, he gets a lot of credit for passing the ball, but they that he likes to run the ball in that offense, too. And he will with both of those guys. Yeah, he wants to run a lot of plays. I think you're going to see them run the ball quite a bit, and a huge fan of Jordan Matthews. Another shadow 49er, by the way. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar, too. Nice young yeah. talent there. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he can do. So they'll put some points on the board, and we'll see uh, if the defense can can keep up there. Um, and then I have the Cowboys. Okay. Who I think are still going to win that division. They're going to win the division? Yes. Okay, so they'll come in the three seed there. I like okay. the Cowboys. The offensive line is too good, and so many things work off of that. So you keep Tony Romo healthy and upright, and he's got Des Bryant. Um, I don't really care who their running back is. I think they kind of— They don't really either. Yeah, and they obviously yeah. don't. So, um, And I, I think they kind of screwed up. They could have put a little bit of money and effort or draft picks into that position and got somebody a little bit better, but— they're going to go with McFadden yeah, and Kristen Michael, who they picked up, which was a surprising cut, by the way. It was. Yeah. Um, although we kind of learned from uh, the Know Your Enemy segment there, and Chris, they were down on Kristen Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, I Danny remember, Kelly let I us remember, know about yeah, that. I he remember Danny telling us all about that. Unlike, yeah, don't be surprised if he's cut. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> unlike the Jared Hain rugby player who can switch the ball from left to right. right. Kristen Michael can never figure that one out. Yeah. And Kristen Michael was never – I mean, he's gotten a lot of hype because – Great workout numbers, and he looks good in short spurts, but he's, yeah. he hasn't carried the load even in college. I mean, they're running backs. you got Randall, who's had off-the-field issues. Right. You've got McFadden, who can't stay healthy. You've got Michael, who you know doesn't know how to switch the ball. <laughs> and then you've got Dunbar, who's clearly a passing down back. So, yeah, yes. I, don't, I don't like any of them, which is why I left them off my list. I wouldn't be surprised if it's McFadden for a couple weeks until he gets hurt, and then you're just like, yeah, you know, it's a full-on committee. And I don't think any guy is going to carry the load, really. So that's going to be very interesting mm-hmm. there. But uh, they just have a good team around those guys. They can get after the passer when Hardy comes back. Yeah. Randy Gregory. They essentially had three first-round draft picks. you got Lyle Collins, too. 
which is just like, good defense. They uh, they showed it last year. Right? Can they do so, it again? Good defense, good offensive line. I love that mm-hmm. that combination. But they do have to go through the Eagles and go through the Giants, who I like too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm with you on the Giants. Um, Redskins will probably be a cupcake this season. They might be the worst team in football. <laughs> Two right wins. Now. I'm going with some them. Weird yeah. business over there. Just the whole vibe of the whole thing. It's even worse than the 49ers. Like so much worse because yeah. the Niners, you know, they went through their struggles and, and everything, but then they're they're trending up. The ship is is been righted yeah. and they're in a certain direction. Whether or not they're going to be great or not remains to be seen. But they're Redskins still treading still water. Yeah, and they're and the season is is upon us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're waiting for that floaty to be thrown out to them. <laughs> they need a dinghy. Yes, that's right. Um, and then I have, where am I at? You've got Eagles, uh, Saints, Cowboys. Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, so then I've got Arizona Cardinals. Arizona. All yeah. right. Are they winning the division or are they going to be that last wild card? They are the last wild card. Okay. All right, I like it. And I then, thought about it. And then I've got the Green Bay Packers. Packers number two. Number two. So then overall, it's got to be and the Seahawks, right? Seahawks. Okay. Uh, they've been too good for too long. They lost a defensive coordinator, but it didn't. Hurt them the first time they lost a defensive quarter in there, so I don't know if it's going to hurt them the second time they lose a defensive coordinator. <laughs> you probably right. Quinn. So you got uh, enough talent. Yeah, Cam Chancellor hurts because the safeties are really important in that scheme. It does, and uh, their offensive line could be a problem. Yeah, but yeah. I just the Seahawks they they're too they have to. It's kind of like the Eagles thing, only the other way around. They got to prove to me that they're not on top of the mountain. Okay, you know. Yeah. All right. So I had the Seahawks two. You had them one. So clearly we'll put them at one. Yeah, well, and uh, you had the Packers. I had the Packers at three, so that would make a, a, a you know a smart pick there at number two. Right, right. Uh, so then we would have to pick you know who's going to win. Uh, you had the Cowboys winning the East. Yes, I had the Eagles. So then this is when we start getting into a little bit of trouble. This is tough, and we, neither one of us had the other team on there. Right, you had the Eagles as winning the wild card. I did not have the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. So, so we got to go Eagles. So we got to go Eagles there. So then we both had the Saints. Yes. As the the low seed there, mm-hmm. as the low division winner. So then the wild card's where it gets tricky because I've got Giants and Lions, and you've got Eagles and Cardinals, but you've also got the Cowboys in there. So we've got totally different. Uh, I have no problem with the Lions. Okay, and I think they're a complete team. They got a good defense, and I've got no problem with the Cowboys. And they can pass and run the ball. I'm buying. And their I'm buying offensive your line has done a lot. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions surprise and go really deep either then let's then why don't we do i just didn't i'm just not sure if they can make the wild card or why don't we do cowboys as five then because you had them as a division winner and then we'll do lions as that final i think that's a great list all right i think that might be i think that list is better than either i think you're right i think you're right i'm gonna individually put a star by it yeah okay so uh nfc championship i got the packers the over yeah over the seahawks over the seahawks uh, yeah, so we both have the Packers. Do you? And you yeah, because I had the Packers over the Eagles okay. in the NFC Championship game, nice. and you had the Patriots. Yes. And that was before. Yeah, before uh, Tom Brady played every game. That, and you know, it's funny, and I I wonder what news is going to break tomorrow morning. Something always seems to happen. Every time we do a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, tomorrow, morning, tomorrow morning is Thursday morning. The season starts tomorrow. Right. Something's going to happen, and we're not going to talk about it on this show because we're recording this Wednesday night. So, I mean, I— I obviously like the pack or the uh, Patriots enough that I chose them even without Brady for four games. So you're picking them. I had him all, right? coming back and taking them to the promised land. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I liked my scenario more when he was out, like what? them coming back angry. <laughs> but now he's angry no, in week one. I still have to pick <laughs> the defending champs. I'm going to stick with them. Patriots, okay, yeah. then I got I have Colts over Packers. So nice. yeah, we we definitely we both like the Packers a lot. And but, um, you know what? What I learned going through this, and uh, yeah, I was so focused on the 49ers a lot of the off season. There is nothing set in stone. There are so not. many different possibilities here. Like I said, the Lions, I would not be surprised right. if the Lions are representing the Nat, the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I would not be surprised I'm at all. with you. You get right at the hot time. That, that's all that really matters. You know, you got a solid team. A- anyone can win. Anyone can turn turn it around just like that. You know, you have a solid defense. You know, the ball bounces your way on a fumble here and there. Yeah, I mean, th- this stuff happens. You don't suffer injuries and other teams in your division do. I mean... That's what's so great about the NFL and why 16 games is so much fun because everyone means so much. How much did you want to plug the 49ers into one of these spots? I I, I thought about it with that Lions spot and I was like, no, that's it just seems ludicrous. I but want, I, I wouldn't be that surprised if they snuck in. With, I don't. Yeah, because with it, nine and eight or something. I know nine, so nine much is going to change. Yet, yeah, I, I, I'm still. I went through their I schedule. It's just hard, and what I picked is too similar to last yeah. year, and I don't like that about my list. Because you know it's not going to be that yeah, way. Because that's not, not the way the I know NFL for a fact works. It will not be that way. That's what the salary cap does, and and that's why the NFL is so amazing, and that's why they've got. That's why they're the number one sport in our country. You know, it's it's because 
of the parody. Because, yes, you may be a Lions fan, and they sucked for a really long time. But now, look, there's a long, time. a long, long time, you know? And, and the Niners sucked for a long, long time. And it's just, you just, you, everybody's got hope right now. Except for the Washington Redskins fans. We're so sorry about that. But change your name already. Come on. Even the Raiders have hope. Even the Raiders do. I, I love what together, the Raiders have done. I think they're headed in the right direction. Ugh. I know there's a big movement now. And uh, it, I just, in my head, I can't not say Redskins. But a lot of people call them the Washington football team now to avoid yeah. the Redskins name. Uh, and I Let's try to do it for the rest of the year. I would like to try to do that as well. I'm and with I, you. I can't do it because it's, hard. It just, you, it's you, ingrained. How long have we been watching football? Yeah. I still call the Washington Bullets. I still, I still call the Washington Wizards the Washington I, I've done that a few times as well, yeah. And I still think there's a basketball team called the Seattle Supersonics. I still think somewhere. they're the New Orleans Jazz. Wait a <laughs> Oh, geez. Let's uh, get out of here. You, hold on. I want to ask you something. Okay, I like it. L or W? W. Yeah? Win at home, yeah. Win at it's home, gonna be one at home. Game. I'm, I'm looking like 17-14 or something. I want so much on national TV last game of the week for the 49ers to stick it to everybody in the world. That thinks you've know, just been crapping on the go big season. like thirty five ten or something. Yeah, just be like, yeah, one and zero. Oh. Then go to Pittsburgh and be, yeah, what? But we're you don't and see oh. it. You see a loss. I see a win. No, I like it. There I, we go. I think they can win this game. I think so um, too. I think this is this is. I, I've had this but, in the win column. And we didn't really talk about the Vikings in our NFC predictions, but mm-hmm. the Vikings could be pretty good too. No doubt about the it. NFC North, uh, aside from the Bears, who 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 could also be a lot better. But see, than that's they were. just it. I really like the Lions and I really like the Packers. So there's just no way I could put a third team in that conversation. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I do like what the Vikings are doing. Me and too. If they could surprise some people. That's why I think it's such a good barometer. Um, luckily, we're starting off at home, which is a nice bonus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to see some home field advantage. I yeah. feel like there hasn't been well, even the slightest bit of home field advantage how for can the there be? 49ers. Yeah. And, but still, now they're, they, a you stadium know, packed year. with your own fans, you should have that. You know, It's loud, too. Vegas I, calls I've it been. a three-point advantage. I think some places, places are even bigger than that. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to see that, man. I want to see. Well, let's hope the fans bring it. Well, hey, maybe we'll get the Aussies there. They'll be doing their chance, the rugby chance. Maybe we can incorporate that. So all you need to do is suit up. Hain, put him on that forty six, and right. yeah, we'll get we'll get those Aussies out there. It, it would be a bummer. I want Hain to be suited up so bad, but I, 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 there's a, there's just too big of a chance that he's not suiting up. No, he's, he's suiting up. So many. Other, I'm making that prediction right now. He's going to be suited up. He's going to be returning that first kick. I that's I want that so bad. Yeah, I want I, unless they're kicking off. Unless in which case, he'll be a gunner okay. on that. But he'll look, be on the field on the very first play. The one factor and the biggest factor of all of it why Hain might not suit up is because. There's other guys that can of be competent returners, and I think they want to use Reggie Bush mm-hmm. in that role. So, I mean, do you? I feel like it's early. Do for you Bush. suit up Jared, Jared Hayne and not even put him back there? No, because that see, wouldn't I, make any I sense. I think either. if you're going to suit him up, he's going to be on the field, right? And I think and they want to try I, Reggie Bush. I see. First. I don't. I think they only want to use Reggie Bush if they have to use Reggie Bush, like if Hayne were to fumble or something like that, because Bush has such a history of injuries. You got to pace yourself. Right. With Reggie Bush. He's not young anymore. So and just even Braddock, when he was young, he got hurt a lot. So you're saying you maybe go with Jared Hayne for a couple of returns, then you kick maybe Bush back there later in the game. Maybe. Have him get unless one, two unless Hayne is, is, is doing just, really well, okay. yeah, then then he keeps that job until he, he loses it. But I think that you start him back there. I really do. I, I would. I like it. I'm not a coach. That would no, be I, awesome. I don't know Jared Hayne taking the opening kickoff, return back. Or going Monday down and tackling football. someone at like the 19 or something. Somebody, yeah. It's here. The season is upon us. Let's do it. I'm we'll excited. Be, yeah, next we week we'll be talking. W's for the 49ers, which I like. Hopefully Some we'll optimism. be talking about that next week. That would be nice. Yeah, a 49ers win, a Jared Hayne kick return for the opening <laughs> touchdown, setting the tone for Super Bowl 50 home game. Boom. 49ers, Levi's Stadium. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Gold Faithful. I want to thank Michael Chamis for taking the time yes. to talk to us. Uh, you can find him at Michael Chamis on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. Hit him with your Twitter handle. I'm at Bay Area Wink. Find me there. Tweet me. Let me know what's going on. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you after the 49ers 1-0 start next week. See you.